we kind of got things turned around today, which I like. I like to shake things up once in a while. You know, we shouldn't go to church to get bored, should we? No, no, no we shouldn't. Uh, Justin and Shelby Harris, would you come forward, please? Certificate of membership. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations, guy. Congratulations, brother. All right. God bless you. God bless you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Thank you, Lord. You know, this is just the part of the story. The story continued uh, last week as Justin was getting baptized, and prior to him getting baptized, his brother Jay, raise your hand, just for his brother Jay. Yeah. His, uh, his brother Jay come up and got saved. And of course, you know, that was glorious. And then Justin come out and, and it was just really good. And uh, I didn't think nothing else of, of it. And then later, later on that evening, I heard that, that Jason's girlfriend, Jamie, got saved at JT's when they, after they'd eaten lunch. Yeah. Uh, so they, they went and ate lunch and uh, was eating lunch during the rest, restaurant and they got to talking back and forth and uh, lo and behold, she got saved right there. So, so you had church right there in the restaurant? Amen. Amen. I hope it wasn't a quiet, dull, boring church, was it? It wasn't good. All right. Hey, maybe we should put a branch in JT's. You think we should put a branch or a church plant in JT's restaurant? I don't know. We'll, we'll have to pray about that one, won't we? Uh, well, it is good to be here in the house of the Lord. Good to see everybody. School's getting started back, so we're kind of getting settled in a little bit here over the next few weeks. Uh, and as most of you know, we have been in a series uh, concerning prayer. And you know what? I want to tell you something. Uh, there is no way you will remember every scripture and every illustration, every story I told you about prayer. It will not happen. But what I want you to do, I want you to try to take one spiritual truth out of each sermon and each message. One spiritual truth. And it doesn't matter if I'm preaching or, or George or Wilford or, or who is, who is uh, speaking to you and teaching you and guiding you. I want you to find one spiritual truth that you can hold on to and remember. And, and put in uh, and activate that spiritual truth in your life. And now think of it like this. It's only one a week, right? But you know, at the end of the year, you could possibly have 52 spiritual truths active in your life. And we all know just one spiritual truth can change your life, let alone 52. So I encourage you to do that. Just find one. You know, you don't have to have all the scripture. You don't have to know it all. But I encourage you to know one. Out of that, I'm going to do just a quick review of where we've been. 
We've got these CDs. Uh, as you come in and go out, we've got the CDs there. Grab them, take them, pass them out. Uh, so, so here we go. Last few weeks, we've been, I've been instructing you in prayer because how many of you want your prayers answered? Yes. Oh, man, I do. We want our prayers answered. We want God's will manifested in our lives, right? We want God's will manifested in our country and in those around us. So the first week we started out talking about when we reach out to heaven, when we pray, we're literally asking God to be involved in our lives, to take part in our lives. The second week we looked at a reason to pray, and I told you, Lord knows our country needs prayer. Our families need prayer, but the most important was because God commands us to pray. God wants to have. You know, I'll tell you, a bad relationship. A bad relationship is a relationship without any communication. That's a bad relationship. God don't want to have a bad relationship with you. He wants you to talk to him, and he wants to talk to you. So God commands us to pray for him. Uh, the third week was a, a key to a successful prayer life, and that is the Word of God. Uh, and if we pray God's Word and we stand on God's Word, that is His will, and we have a foundation for our prayers. The fourth week was prayers of fear or prayers of faith. And real simple, I'm going to slow down just a minute here. Real simple, prayers of fear are prayers that are focused on the problem. That you have this huge problem before you, and all you can imagine, all you can have in your mind is this huge problem before you. That's prayers of fear. Prayers of faith focus on the answer, focuses on the solution. It focuses upon God's Word. And then we looked at Jehoshaphat, and we've seen the importance of praise and worship and we've seen where he had prayed and asked God whenever three armies was attacking him at once. And, you know, and I've been in situations where it felt like three armies were attacking me at one time. But what Jehoshaphat did, he prayed and asked God for, for direction. And he sent the praise and worship team ahead of his mighty, his mighty army. And you know what? They defeated all three of those armies, and they never had to pull a sword. That's what we want. And that's where we've seen the Scripture where the, where the Scripture says that the battle is the Lord's. And then last week, we talked about prayers of healing, and we've seen, uh, I gave you all kinds of Scriptures. I don't know how many. We probably had like eight different Scriptures backing this up that shows that good things come from God and bad things come from the devil. We live in a fallen world. The scripture says that the devil is a little g, the God of this world. If, if God's will was manifested upon this earth, this earth would be like heaven. And it's not. We have to wait till we get to heaven. Right? Amen. So this week, what are we going to be talking about this week? What? Hindrances in prayer. Now, I'll tell you what, I thought about changing the title of this numerous times because there's two thoughts when you come to give something a title. As Pastor Mark would always say, a hook, you can have a title with a hook in it where everybody wants to put it in. What's that talking about? And they wanna, you want to listen to it to find out what it's talking about. Or you can have a title that describes what you're preaching on or teaching on or writing on or whatever. Okay, well... Here's one of them, hindrances in prayer, and we're going to look at one of the, 
I, I really, I feel like the biggest hindrance in prayer in the body of Christ. But now if I was to have a, a title with a hook in it, it would be two-faced. Which ones you'd like the best? Which one would you listen to? Hindrances in prayer or two-faced? Which one? Two-faced? Well, we'll change it then. We'll make it two-faced. I like two-faced too. But see, what happens is, if I go to change in titles and scriptures and stuff, they don't like it. <laughs> they don't like it. Sunday morning, if I send them a text message and say, hey, I want to change that, they don't think it's funny. I don't know. I don't know, what's, what, I don't know what's wrong with them. They don't have a sense of humor at all. All right, if you got your Bible, let's go ahead and look at James 1-7, guys, is where we're going to start at. James 1-7. I want to read you this one scripture before we read the entire text, and I, and I hope you'll see why. James 1-7. James 1-7. Hey, I heard a great quote yesterday morning, and I want to tell, you, tell it to you. I love this quote. I'd never heard it before. Note takers are world changers. I'll say it again. Note takers are world changers. And I, I, there, there could be some proof to back that up. James 1, 7, notice this. It says, for that man ought not to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord. How incredible is that? Listen, for that man, don't you want to know what that man did or what that man thought or, or who he is or who she is? Ought not to expect anything, to receive anything from God. You know, don't expect to, you know, to receive his blessings. Don't accept to, expect to re receive his guidance or, or anything else. The only thing that with God, the only thing that is automatic to all of mankind concerning God is God's love. And that is automatic. But anything else is not automatic. So the, this scripture should give, get the attention of every believer. <laughs> we should all, this should, this should be a head snap. What? What did it say? It should get our attention so much that, that we got to know the rest of the story because we all want to receive things from God. I do. I know Ori does. If you've ever heard Ori pray, you know he wants to receive things from God. He wants to go to the throne of grace, and he wants what's his. He knows about those blessings. So let's go ahead and look at, let's go back to James 1, 5. We'll read through verse 8, and we'll see the rest of it. Now, before we read this, I want to tell you, I'm going to tell you about the problem that, that I have had numerous times in my life, and I'm sure most of you have, but I also want to tell you the answer, because anytime I tell you a problem in my life or in your life or in the world, I, I never want you to leave here without the answer to that problem, okay? So, so stay with me. We're going to talk about the problem a little bit. But then we're going to look at the answer, okay? Verse 5, and, and it says, says, but if you lack wisdom, and of course, you know, according to the, according to the Scripture, beyond salvation, wisdom is the, is the greatest thing that you can possess. 
So here it's talking about if God will give us wisdom, anything else that we ask for is under that. All right? But if you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given unto him. Now notice God gives to all generously and without reproach. Verse 6, but he must ask in faith without doubting, for the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For that man ought not to expect to receive anything from the Lord, being a double-minded, unstable in all his ways. So, so basically, we can know the Word of God from beginning to end. We can know the Scriptures we can, we can quote them, we can throw them out, we can do all of, all of these things, we can preach it, we can teach Sunday school. But if we talk different through the week than we do on Sunday or we're in the presence of God, we're being double-minded. We're being tossed to and fro. And Man, I've been in situations before that Boy, you know, everything was great, and you was riding high, and the next thing, boy, you was going straight downhill. Tossed to and fro. One minute, praise and worship and shouting and giving God the glory, and the next minute is doom and gloom, and everything, I don't think we'll survive today. How many of you have ever been there? We all have. We, we have. we have all been there. We can come to church every Sunday. We can hear, listen to every CD. We can hear every message. But if we don't hold on to the things that we receive, we are being double-minded, we're being tossed to and fro, and we're being two-faced. You guys said you was like that, that title sermon, Two-Faced. We'll see if you like it at the, by, the time this sermon's, by the time this sermon's over, you might not like it. So the question is, what can we do to limit the chances of us being two-faced? You know, I've, uh, we've seen over the last few weeks that, you know, when we go to God in prayer, we should have that foundation of His Scripture. We should have Scripture that, that tells us that we have a right and a privilege to pray for the things that we pray for. We have seen that. But so many times in my life, and I'm, I'm sure probably some of your lives, that when reality hits, it's hard to stay focused on that promise. When reality hits, when life hits, it's hard to remember what those promises are. Mm, life is not fair. I've said that many times. Life is not fair. And if, and if you tell your kids that life is fair and it should be fair, you are doing them a great injustice. Because the moment they start kindergarten, they're going to find out that life is not fair. All right? You know, I, t I had a conversation with a young man this week, and, and, I, and I told him, and he was telling me, you know, he, uh, and I'll just give you the kind of the short version, you know, he, he felt God speak to him, and he went to great lengths to carry out what God had spoken to him, but it hadn't manifested yet. And he was, all of reality was setting in, and it was pulling him down, and, he, and all he could see was in the natural. 
he, 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 couldn't, he couldn't get that power from the, from the, the word. He had, he, had, he had forgot about the, the things that God had spoke to his heart and the words that he had read had, that had built him up and caused him to step out in faith. And I told him, keep that switch of faith turned on. Because see, what happens is we go to the Word of God and we get all pumped up, which we should, and we find our promises, we find the truth, but then life hits and reality hits and then things don't change all of a sudden. And we're wondering, well, why isn't this happening? Why isn't that happening? Why isn't that happening? And the next thing you know, we are being led by everything around us, everything that we see, instead of what the Word of God caused us to step out on to begin with. Did somebody, somebody write that down? You need to write that down. I, I bet I can talk faster than you can write. Anybody want to take me up on that? <laughs> I bet I can. Well, I don't know. I seen a guy yesterday. He talked faster than me, didn't he? Oh, my goodness. It was like, unplug that guy. Un- where's the plug in? Unplug him. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't hardly understand him. Can you understand me? Do I go too fast? Sometimes. So, I'll tell you what's hard. It's not hard to go to the Word of God and find truths and answers to our problems. That's not hard. What's hard is holding on and remembering those truths and answers when life hits. That's what's hard. And that's how we keep from being two-faced. That's how we keep from being double-minded. That's how we don't doubt. And, 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 you know, and there, there's, uh, well, that, that's, a, that's for another day. Another day. The book of James. The book of James, we, we've seen where, where it tells us that a double-minded man is unstable in everything he does. Now, isn't that something? Have you ever, have you ever talked, to a, talked to someone when one day they're up and the next day we're down? We all have. Some of us, we, we've been that way ourselves. You know, one day you talk to them and their life is great, and the next day it is terrible. And that's life. But it's contrary to God's Word. See, that's why God's Word is so important for the foundation of our life. Because we want to change every five minutes. But God's Word doesn't change ever. 2,000, 3,000, 4,000, 6,000 years, it don't make no difference. It never changes. So we've got to have that stability in our lives. We've got to keep that switch of faith turned on. You know, the book of James, uh, James, inspired by the Holy Spirit, he compares our tongues. I'm switching gears just for a moment. He compares our tongues to the rudder of a ship. He guides Does the ship want to go this way? Well, it turns. This way it turns. And also the bridle in a horse's mouth. Do you want to turn it left? You want to go right? You want to back up? You want to go forward? He compares our tongue to the rudder of a ship and the bit in a horse's mouth. Now, here's, it's easy to speak what we want. Can anybody agree with that? 
It, let me tell I'll, I'll just use my example. If I ask my wife what she wants, she will tell me. Can anybody relate to that? And all the men said, amen. Let me tell you what's hard. It's hard to continue speaking that in the midst of adversity. It's easy to tell God, thank you, Lord, for blessing my finances. And thank you, Lord, for opening the windows of heaven because I'm faithful to give. Thank you, Lord, for touching my body and strengthening me. Thank you, Lord, I've forgiven that person. Thank you, Lord, for all of your blessings. Until that person that I was supposed to forgive comes up and says something that you just want to slap them for. <laughs> and then it's not, it's not that easy, right? It's so easy to believe and look, look for healing scriptures and, and, and believe and thank God and pray in faith for healing until that pain strikes again. Until you get that doctor's report again. It's easy to do that. Many times we pray for God's promises. But after we pray, we might never mention them again. We might not thank him for it the next day or the next day. That's why I try to encourage people when they come up for prayer. You know. Remember this, you know, remember that we prayed, you know, you know, uh, hold on to those scriptures. Was it a, a week or two ago, you know, instead of coming up for prayer, I asked you to bring the answer up, the spiritual answer, the scripture that was the answer to your problem. Because let me tell you, you knowing the answer is far more important than you knowing the problem. You know, I, in, in, in business, you know, uh, in business, I, I've felt this way uh, for years and years. Everybody knows what the problem is. You walk around and look around, everybody knows what the problem is. But what we need to know is what's the answer. That's what we need to know. What do we do about it? It's easy to see that the floor needs swept and the dishes need done. That's, that's easy. Uh, the, the problem is, is what's the answer? Uh, 1 Samuel 17, when David killed Goliath. You see, you see exactly where David went to. He went to, he said, I've killed the lion and I've killed the bear. And when he stood there before that giant, that giant, what he seen, now get this, because this is very important. What he seen in the natural what he's seen standing before him, he did not allow it to change who his God was. See, he did not allow that. And that's where, that's where God wants us to be. And what's that's called? That's being grounded. That's being grounded in who we are in Christ. I heard a, a great, another great quote yesterday, and it said, and, uh, and he said that once you find out who you are in Christ, I'm going to repeat that, once you find out who you are in Christ, you won't want to be anybody else. How good is that? Once you find out 
what God has done for you and what he thinks of you and where he wants to lead you and where he wants to guide you, you won't want to be anywhere else. You won't be right there following him because you're going to victory. You're going to go do something for the kingdom of God. You're putting up treasures in heaven. Woo! I like that. So here David was. In the natural, he had this huge, huge giant before him. But you know that giant didn't change who his God was. And you know what David did? He spoke it with his mouth. He said, God was with me. When I killed the lion, God was with me when I killed the bear. My God don't change, basically what he said. See, that's the mentality we got to have. Because our God doesn't change. He kept his faith and his trust and his relationship with God. And the way we know that is what he spoke with his mouth. Because he put more faith in his relationship and who, who God was than what he's seen in the natural. That makes sense? Mark 11, 22, 23, and 24. And Jesus answered, saying to them, have faith in God. Notice this, have faith in God. And he's getting ready to tell us what faith in God looks like. Okay? Have faith in God. He's getting ready to tell us what it looks like. He says, truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain. Now it's very important. Faith has a voice. You've got to speak the promises of God. Now, notice I did not say you've got to speak what you want. You've got to speak what the Word of God says to have God back it up. It's not the name it and claim it group. You can't just throw things out there and expect to receive them. But I'll tell you what will happen if you'll find out what the Word of God says and start lining your mouth up with the Word of God, you can walk in that. You can walk in that because see what happens is, same way everything happened to almost everybody in here, you heard and you started believing. The next thing you know, you got saved. And you know what Romans 10 says? I'll cut it a little bit shorter here this morning. You know what Romans 10 says? It says you believe in your heart, but that's not enough. It says you believe in your heart and then you confess with your mouth. That's what the scripture says. So, so, you can, so you can believe and believe and believe all you want to, but until it starts coming out of your mouth, not just what you think comes out of your mouth, but when the Word of God starts coming out of your mouth, you know what happens? A light bulb goes on in your heart. And your heart says, yeah, yeah, that's right. What your mouth just said, yeah, that's, that's exactly right. And God says, yeah, yeah, that's right. Just what they said, that's exactly right. And the devil said, oh, yeah, that's right. I better get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. 23. Truly I say, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea and does not doubt. There's that doubt again. So we say, it says there, whoever says, and then it says, does not doubt. And then it goes on but believes that what he says, so we, so we have, you say it, you don't doubt it, and you say it again. See, that's how we keep from doubting. 
Because see, when, when we have our scriptures in prayer, we're not doubting then. Because we know what we're asking God for. We know we have a foundation. But the doubt comes in when we let what we see in the natural override what we know. Of course, the critics will say, yeah, that name it and claim it bunch. This isn't name it and claim it at all. You'll never go wrong. Let me just say it like this. You will never go wrong by speaking the word of God out of your mouth. How are you going to go wrong with that? It won't return void. It never changes. How are you going to go wrong with that? You can't. Let me share this last thought with you before we pray. You can want it. You can want it all you want. But until you start speaking it, you won't have it. Let me tell you why. If you don't speak what God's word says and God's promises, you're going to speak against it. And, and, and this is why. Because you will start speaking like the world. And the world knows nothing about God. So you're going to be at work and you're either going to speak like your, like your co-workers or you're going to speak the word of God, one or the other. Bow your heads with me. Thank you, Father. Heavenly Father, we just uh, praise you this morning and worship you this morning. And, and Father, I just pray that you'll take these words that were spoken and minister, Father. Father, let each and every, every one of us, Father, take a spiritual truth that we can implement in our lives and that will move us closer to you, Father, and bring you glory and honor and, and bring your Son glory and honor. Father, we just praise you and we worship you today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.